1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, September the 19th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. There are 103 days left in the year. It's good to be back. I took last week off, as you know, if you listen regularly. We had a great time together, took a little vacation time, and uh, it's great to be back. However, this morning I'm learning, after having our system shut down for a week, We're having some technical difficulties, so please bear with us. But it is good to be back. Thank you for understanding, and thank you for supporting the ministry during the week that we were off resting. On September 19, 1995, the New York Times, the Washington Post published the manifesto of the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Remember him? That proved helpful in identifying and capturing him. Today, in 1796, President George Washington's farewell address was published. In it, he said, he advised the country, Observe good faith and justice toward all nations. Cultivate peace and harmony with all. Today, in 1881, the 20th President of the United States, James Garfield, he died two and a half months after being shot by Charles Guiteau. Chester Allen Arthur became President. Today, in 1957, the United States conducted its first contained underground nuclear test. It was codenamed Rainier, as in, I guess, Mount Rainier, maybe, in the Nevada Desert. Today, in 1985, the Mexico City area was struck by a devastating earthquake. It killed more than 9,500 people. Today, in 1986, federal health officials announced that the experimental drug AZT would be made available to thousands of AIDS patients. And today, in 1996, IBM announced it was the first company to do so that it would extend health benefits to the partners of its gay employees. The world is focused this morning on the funeral, the state funeral, for Queen Elizabeth II. I did a little research on that this morning. I took a pretty good look at it. The takeaway that I had from this, I mean, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. That's what England does, whether they're at war or peace. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance in what they do. And there certainly was in the funeral that was ju- is just ending, actually. Um, or did it? It's It's been over for a little while now. But it was this morning. Uh, they were highlighting the deep faith. Of Queen Elizabeth, and I want to just comment on that today. I I suppose that'll be lost in most of the news coverage of this. It'll probably focus on Harry and Meghan, of all things. But nonetheless, the that's what the press likes. But nonetheless, I I had to take note of of some of the things that were being said. There were powerful, from a Christian perspective, about her. One of the speakers talked about the fact that while she purposely kept herself out of the political uh, process in the country because of the way it's structured and her position, she did not shy away from her belief in Christ. She was very upfront, and that was being talked about quite a bit at this state funeral. It was held at Westminster Abbey. In fact, Westminster Abbey is one of the most ancient foundations that exist as far as being used regularly. it's uh, It dates back to the reign of St. Edward, the Confessor. That's almost a 1,000 years ago. So anyway, it was in this, this thing, and there's leaders from all over the world were gathered there this morning and representing many, many uh, different religions, Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam and on and on. But I noticed that the Christian character that kind of had a thread in the service, was pretty undeniable from what I could see. They had readings from Christian scripture when they brought her coffin in as it proceeded into the abbey. The book of John was read. They read these verses. It said, I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. On a more humble note, they read scripture from the words of Timothy and from Job, the books of Timothy and Job. I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, oh, that was from John. Timothy and Job, we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This one pastor said, uh, Reverend Dr. Ian Greenshields, he's from um, he's the moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland. I don't know a lot about them. I've studied them a little bit in the past, the Church of Scotland, but um, I don't know kind of where they are on a lot of issues right now. But here's what he said. He said, let us give thanks to God for Queen Elizabeth's long life and reign, recalling with gratitude her gifts of wisdom, diligence, And service. Then he prayed this. He said, God, from whom cometh everything that is upright and true, accept our thanks for the gifts of heart and mind that thou didst bestow upon thy daughter Elizabeth, which she showed forth among us in her words and deeds, and grant that we may have grace to live our lives in accordance with thy will, to seek the good of others, and to remain faithful servants unto our lives' end, through Jesus Christ. Our Lord. And then he said this Let us commend to the mercy of God, our Maker and Redeemer, the soul of Elizabeth, our late Queen. There were other references to Scripture, but I just wanted to comment on that. I don't want to talk about her funeral all morning here, but it, I think it's important that there is a voice, a Christian voice, in these kinds of events, particularly in this country in England. We need to recognize that because there's such a move to push any suggestion of the gospel other than twisting it and using it for political gain, as we have people doing in our country today. Nancy Pelosi does it all the time. Just before I took last week off, she was saying, the week before that, she was saying that if you oppose abortion, that's a sinful act. Well, who in God's earth is she to be telling us what sin is? The Bible is very clear that murdering people, whether they're unborn children or walking around live full-grown adults, is sin. It's wrong. It's in the 10 commandments. Don't do that, God says. So, we we have this it's discussion in our country here in America. We it's a discussion about Christianity, and it's a discussion about about truth, but it's all done with the thought, with the the bent of using selective little parts of scriptures, misrepresenting them, and using them to advance a cause, a political cause in this case, abortion, whatever it may be. Interestingly enough, <laughs> I followed this with some interest over the weekend, over this past weekend, knowing I would be back on the air live this morning. I... Uh, I've been following this matter in Martha's Vineyard. I don't know if you have or not, but I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning. It's, I, I, it, it has to be talked about because it is the most interesting thing, and it's where so-called progressivism always takes people to a dead end. And then they start looking for you know new truth because no truth is fixed in the mind of the progressive or the cultural Marxist. But last week, the left was given the opportunity to show America and the world what cultural Marxism, or so-called progressivism, really looks like. I take some pleasure in this, because it turns on the light and exposes the truth. And it's undeniable, because they gave us a lesson on what progressive cultural Marxism really looks like in the real world, in the culture. The venue for the cultural lesson was the left's own Martha's Vineyard. It's a place well-known by both Americans and people around the world to be the elite's favorite hideout. That's where they go, the Kennedys. Now, Brock and Michelle, of course, have their $12 million summer home there at the vineyard. That's where they spend their time when they... <laughs> when they tire of their $8.1 million Washington, D.C. home, as they fight for justice for all. It's these folks that teach us and our kids that open borders are moral. If you don't open the borders and let the people flow in, you are not only immoral, but you are not Christian. You do not have compassion. These are the people sitting out on Martha's Vineyard and others that are in the institutions, are in the political uh, seats, and they're the ones that are telling our kids and raising a generation after a generation, telling them that you are not a Christian if you believe in secure borders. That is what they say. The last few days have become the saga of what diversity, inclusion, and equity, and if you draw the acronym from that, it's DIE, D-I-E. That's what this looks like in their private world and in our real world. I want to talk to you a little bit about the humanitarian crisis at the border. No, not that border. The border of Martha's Vineyard. This all played out from last Thursday night through yesterday. After Florida Governor Ron DeSantis flew about 50 illegal alien arrivals in his state to this elite island off the coast of Massachusetts, a state that has been telling the world that they are a sanctuary state for illegal aliens and others, that every other state and communion should, uh, community should also become a sanctuary, the Democrat officials on the island immediately declared a humanitarian crisis. 50 Illegal aliens, fifty, like five times ten, not thousands. We're talking about fifty illegal aliens. Keep in mind that the Democrat officials on the island are calling fifty illegals a crisis when the island could house as many as six million illegal aliens. Someone did a survey over the weekend. An organization and they said, by by all by all considerations, they could easily house. Six thousand on the island uh, immigrants on the island of Martha's Vineyard. Keep in mind, the Democratic officials are calling this a crisis. They're doing so when they could take care of up to six million aliens, illegals. Further note that even as the 50 arrived on the island, nearly six thousand border crossers and illegal aliens walked into America in the border towns along our southern border on the same day. And they do so every day, every single day. On average, there's 6,000 border crossers, illegals, walking into American towns along along the uh, southern border. It's not surprising that 84% of the residents on Martha's Vineyard voted for President Biden in the last election. Governor Baker thanked folks on Martha's Vineyard for stepping up over the past couple of days and providing immediate services to these individuals. But he was quick to announce that the border crosses would not be staying among the wealthy elite Democrats on the island. Oh, there was outrage. Governor Newsom from... Uh, from California, who's running for president, not officially, but he is. He's going to try to figure out how to move Biden out of the way by the time the 2024 election comes around. I can just remember that. The White House also criticized DeSantis' move to bus illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, and they criticized Texas Governor Abbott's recent decision to send several buses of illegal immigrants to Vice President Kamala Harris' residence outside in the yard in Washington, D.C. This may be an overstatement by these guys, but they are making the statement, and I agree with them, that this is so phony. It is so um, hypocritical. In fact, NBC was all over this over the weekend. NBC published this. it's It's a tweet. NBC News. Governor... Florida Governor DeSantis sending asylum seekers to Martha's Vineyard is like, quote, me taking my trash out and just driving to different areas where I live and just throwing my trash there. A founding member of a foundation which helps refugees says, NBC. It's like taking my trash out and just driving to different areas where I live, just throwing my trash out. When they publish that, NBC the, the right, the conservatives, people that pay attention to, they, they live on social media, they just reacted. And NBC realized that they had, by quoting this unnamed source, they had called these people whom they de- declare themselves to be the champions for trash. They had called them trash. When's the last time you heard a Republican? or a conservative, and certainly a Christian, call illegal aliens trash. It doesn't happen, because none of us believe that. We don't believe they're trash, we believe that they're, they're, they're a gift from God, but we also believe that God is, has ordered the world, at this point, to have borders and cultures the bible i've talked about that several times on this program and i don't have time to go through it today but if if you haven't heard me in the past the bible is abundantly clear that god is for nations and borders and uh, identities as nations at this point there's going to come a new day and when christ returns at all it's going to be very different but for this se- season of time god's will is that there are countries and they have sovereign borders and etc that is god's plan and these guys are pushing against god's plan do it but doing so under the guise of compassion and godly love whom when caught in an unguarded moment call trash that's where we are today The White House is criticizing DeSantis. He flew two plane loads in, each of 50 people. Immediately, the press jumped on him. They said, he's forcing these people to go by unnamed sources or telling us. So, interestingly enough, CNN set out to um, kind of prove that DeSantis was making these people fly in there to make a political point and putting them on the plane against their will and so on. But as CNN got out and started reporting it, to their credit – They told the truth, sort of, once in their life, and they said, boy, these people are not being made to fly in there. They're given the choice, and they're told where they're going, and the people we talked to getting off the plane said, yeah, they were treated really well. They wanted to come here. They think that's a great place to land in the United States. Most of them knew what Martha's Vineyard was. They said, yeah, we'd like to live there. That's a really safe place, and it's great, and they give away a lot of stuff, and so on. Boy, I'll tell you, this is from the same people in the Obama administration who was criticizing President Trump just a couple of years ago for putting kids in cages at the border. Cages that the Obama-Biden administration had built and used. And they're not cages. They are retention places. I mean, they're places to hold illegals till they can be processed. Governor Governor Newsom, he's claiming that the illegal immigrants are being used as political pawns by cruel Republican leaders. And he's calling for an investigation into whether the alleged fraudulent inducement would support charges of kidnapping under relevant laws. Boy, well, I'll tell you, DeSantis, DeSantis said, All those people in D.C. and New York who were beating their chest when Trump was president, saying they were so proud to be sanctuary jurisdictions, they all of a sudden go berserk, and they're so upset that this is happening. Their virtue signaling is a fraud. And it is. As I said, CNN found in their attempt to report how that DeSantis particularly, but Abbott, the governor of Texas as well, was forcing these people to get on planes and buses and go to these places, when in fact their their investigation found that it was the opposite. These people were more than happy to go to these places that have declared themselves to be sanctuary. So they want to be sanctuary, but they don't want any of the results or any of, of the uh, consequences of being a sanctuary city, as they call it, I don't sanctuary is you know it's an Old Testament word actually, but that's what they're calling themselves. I had to wonder how Governor Jay Inslee would handle such a situation, but he's kind of he's kind of skirted around that a little bit, and he's going for the sanctuary for abortionists and women wanting abortions. So Washington State, instead of an illegal alien sanctuary, although. That has been said, but he has emphasized in fairness that it's a sanctuary for abortion. But that is apt to blow up in his face as well as we go forward because you can't deal with God's eternal truth and deal with it as a political pawn and get away with it. It will backfire at some point. And this is what's happened on Martha's Vineyard. These guys are the greatest virtue signalers in the culture today. The Obamas and all the other not-so-well-known people who are wealthy and, and far, you know, way far left. They've It's a conclave of those kinds of people out there. It's a beautiful place, but it, 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 it has a history of being a leftist place. It's just where they gather. It's where they hide out, and they talk, and they tell each other how important each other is, and so on. I mean, that's what it is. The left is exposing itself as a hypocrite in all of this. They believe in open borders as long as the border crossers don't cross their borders. And that's the kind of a world we live in today. They call for compassion, but it's an echo of hypocrisy. It's an attempt to increase Democrat voting rolls, and everybody knows that that pays attention. A report last month issued by the Federation for American Immigration Reform, its acronym is F.A.I.R. F-A-I-R. I wrote an article about that today. It's in our it's on our website, faithandfreedom.us, and I linked to their full report. But let me give you a little bit of what was found in their report. They're respected. They do good work, and they they are accurate. But they found that illegal immigration has skyrocketed under the Biden administration with nearly 5 million people illegally entering the United States in the past year and a half. I don't think anyone is shocked by that, but that is a shocking number of illegals crossing our border. Nearly 5 million in the past 18 months. The group blamed the administration's policies as well as its decision to reverse several Trump-era immigration rules. One was they remain in Mexico until they can be processed. Roughly the equivalent of the entire population of Ireland, these folks say in their report, the entire population of Ireland has illegally entered the United States in the 18 months that President Biden has been in office, with many being released into American communities. All of this they say, is because President Biden is unwilling to enforce our laws. In July, which is the last reporting period, this organization said, uh, since President Biden took office, nearly 4.9 million illegal aliens have crossed our border. The Border Patrol had 199,976 encounters at the southwest border in July of this year alone, including 134,362 single adults, 51,822 family units, and 13,299 unaccompanied minors. This is a 325% increase from the average number of July apprehensions under President Trump. July was the 17th straight month with more than 150,000 encounters. 10 individuals on the FBI's terror watch list were apprehended between ports of entry at southwest border in July alone, bringing the total for the current fiscal year to 66. There are about, I think it was about 80 or 84, I I read that part of it, um, that are on their watch list, and 66 of them have now come into the United States illegally. Terrorists, known terrorists, who have one thing in mind, and we know what that is. We learned that on 9-11. 2,071 pounds of fentanyl and 12,989 pounds of methamphetamine were seized at the southern border in July alone. And yet these people pompously sat on Martha's Vineyard and other places around the country, and declare themselves to be a sanctuary city because of their Christian compassion, and yet they are rotten to the core. Jesus spoke about that kind of hypocrisy when he spoke to the Pharisees. He said, you are like whited sepulchers, painted tombs. You look white and clean on the outside and rotten on the inside. That's not my words. That's the words of Jesus. 2,071 pounds of fentanyl, 12,989 pounds of methamphetamine. That's what was seized. You can only imagine what came across the border. Do you know that that amount of fentanyl, 2,071 pounds, translates, that was seized just in July, that translates to the equivalent of 469 million lethal doses. And we walk around here in America, wringing our hands, saying, "What are we going to do about this drug epidemic? I mean, it's killing our, our our kids. Our kids think they're taking some kind of a, of a pill to get high or some kind of a, you know, a pill to make them feel better. And it's laced with most of these pills coming across the border now are laced with fentanyl, and it's done so in China, where the pills are mostly made. And 469 million lethal doses trying to come across the border that were apprehended. We don't know how many were not. I've written a number of times in the article that I write every day, and I've talked a number of times on this radio program, that the left's open border policies are not biblical because they are not. This is one one reason why they are not. There are many. God says that in the book of Acts that He his ordained borders so that he may reach people. I mean, there are many reasons why God has ordained the world system, his world, that he created, system to operate under sovereign nations with leadership and accountability and so on and so forth. But one of them is so that he can reach the world, is what he says in the book of Acts. Now we're learning how very deadly these people can be to our population. One of the reasons one of the many reasons why God wants us to have nations now, not open borders, not a global community. Babel failed, and we will fail if we pursue that. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for your support. I'll see you right here tomorrow.